one of my very favorite movies ever. Uh, I have it on DVD, but I don't have it on Blu-ray, so. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the Cinnabombs. Producer Jake is back. I've been killing the episodes so far, man. I've been doing them every other week, which I'm very proud to do. And this week, I have two of my favorite guests returning. Um, we got Brendan, who was on for the underrated Horror Gems episodes. You guys love that episode. I did, too. And, of course, we got Carlos from the Misfit Pond collab. Guys, hey. welcome back hey, to guys. the Cinnabombs, man. Thank you guys oh, for coming yeah. back. Thanks for having me, dude. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, thank you. Of course. Yeah, Carlos, I got to thank you right up top because our episode, the fact that you posted it on your channel, like, like mm-hmm. it bumped our subscriber count and also our Spotify and Apple podcast accounts up by quite really? a bit. Yeah, yeah, man. Damn. You guys, are, you have a strong army over there at the Misfit Pod, man. They they That's showed awesome. their loves. They caught a few of them commented on the video. It was really nice to see because I'm a fan of your videos. So it was great to have that like. It have that come full circle so yeah man yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming back oh dude it's my pleasure i couldn't be happier that my channel helped yours out in some way i was worried that it wouldn't i was worried like oh my <laughs> tiny channel ain't gonna do shit for you but i did something so that's awesome hell yeah yeah and last time we talked we kind of left it open-ended about your horror film festival i know you touched mm-hmm. on that so i i've been dying to know actually yeah. too like how, do you want to recap that real quick how did that go yeah man it actually happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah it actually happened. Like, you know, I talked about it for a while and for a, for a little bit, I was getting a little worried because I mean, I had a handful of people submit, but at, like nearing the deadline, I was like, I don't know if this is actually going to be enough to hold an event. But luckily, like really near the deadline, I had a nice handful of more people submit and it made it to where I had at least an hour plus worth of like, you know, time for the event. So um you know it all worked out and i had a blast and everybody else seemed to have a blast so it was cool like showcasing short films from aspiring filmmakers from pretty much all around the world we had a submission from sweden we had a submission from south africa um we had a we had two submissions from the uk so i mean it was it was a lot of fun dude i think it went well yeah and you gave out prizes right for like best director sort of like best film and stuff that's cool yeah, we did one for best picture, and then we did best director, best uh, cinematography, and then best editing. Sick. Yeah, yeah, that's cool that you can create a platform like that. Because, like, what we talked about a lot during the first podcast was that you like to just find other voices in the filmmaking community and sort of connect with them. And like, doing a film festival is like I can't think of anything else that could be more inclusive of like other people's creativity. So that's really dope. And and you had your own film too. Like, do you want to talk about your own short that you did? Yeah. Uh, before I get to that, I do want to give a shout out to my longtime good friend, Stephen Watkins, because it was actually his idea to really like launch this film festival thing. So like he was the one that like ultimately pushed me to be like, dude, you have to do this thing. It sounds like a lot of fun. Seems like a great idea. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, let me go ahead and do it. So big shout out to Stephen Watkins for that. Um, but yeah, I also, you know, since I was hosting this thing, I was like, well, It'd be really cool if I also made my own horror short and like showcase it on the film festival as well. Not part of the programming. Like there was a good amount of like, there was a good amount of debate in my head. I was like, should I just like squeeze it somewhere in the programming? Obviously not to like be in, in, in any contention for awards, but like just to kind of put it in there at some point. Yeah. Um. But I also didn't want to showcase it at the end because I was like, I don't want to come off like narcissistic. <laughs> 
and be like, oh, this is the grand finale of the this event. Is the grand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do that either. So like, I, that's why like I, during the, during the event, I told people like, if you want to stay for it, that's cool. Um, you know, I already gave out the awards and everything. So like, it's totally optional if you want to stay for it. So that's the only, that's really the only way I kind of like thought about doing it. But yeah, I made my own little short. Uh, it's called, so, uh, mm-hmm. it's called Solita. Um, so if you want, uh, it's in Spanish, but it has English subtitles. So you don't have to, you know, know Spanish to, to watch it and hopefully nice. enjoy it. But it's up there on the channel. Um, I'm probably going to take it down within the next two weeks, uh, just because I'm going to be submitting it to film festivals and some film festivals won't take it if it's like publicly available online. Um, yeah. But yeah, that'd be awesome if I got more people to check it out and uh, share some honest feedback with me. I made, this is my fourth like official short film. Mm-hmm. I have it. I have them all in a playlist. So like, if y'all want to check all of them out, please do as well. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw your uh, short playlist in the link to our video right there. So people can check out your shorts, obviously. But do you think you're going to do this again in the future? Cause I think it's a cool idea that like, just, you know, someone who's like on the path to becoming a full-time feature director is hosting a film festival because you've created your own community. Like if you do more, I think that'd be dope. Do you think you're going to do more? Yeah. I mean, especially after how well it went, like this time around, like I, I definitely see myself doing this a lot. Like even if I go on, like, I mean, fingers crossed, I actually am able to make a career out of filmmaking. I would still would try my best to kind of make this happen because I think the more like the more exposure that I would have at like for my channel and who I am, like the, that would make the film festivals even better because then more people would get to see them. So like, yeah. even if I'm off doing my own thing, I would definitely try my best, you know, depending on how busy I actually am, I would try to try to make this thing happen every year. I think it would be dope. Absolutely. And yeah, if you, if you do more, come back on and, and promote them, man, we'll always have you back to, to promote those. So yeah, guys. Awesome. Um, yeah, check out I, I promoted him again, but check out the Misfit Pond on YouTube. Um, and he makes great analysis videos, uh, <laughs> Criterion Halls, which is gonna segue great into our conversation today. <laughs> Hell um, yeah, dude. Yeah, uh so Brendan and I went today to pick up some criterions. And Brendan, since you haven't gotten a word in yet, do you want to talk about the first criterion you picked up today? Yeah, sure. I might as well. So this is one that I've really wanted for a while, Um, at least for the last year. I love Le Samurai, so I have to pick up. Oh, you're keying keying out. I'm gonna have to let me go change that quickly. All right, all right. Technical (laughs) difficulties, folks. There we go. There we go. Um, I had to pick up Le Cercle Rouge, Jean Pierre Melville. Um, I want to get more into Melville. I love Le Samurai. it was a movie I watched maybe two years ago and it always kind of stuck with me. So I really want to check this one out and it just came out in 4k. Mm-hmm. The original Blu-ray I know was really hard to find. So I just thought, you know what, now's the time to finally buy it. Oh shit. So it was a blind buy. Watch it. Yeah. A blind buy. I, <laughs> oh shit. I'm, I'm weird like that Carlos in which I blind. No, it's buy cool. a lot of my, I blind buy a lot of my criterions. Yeah. Uh, my cousin Eric's the same yeah. way. Like if you if like my the the last Criterion Hall video I put out, you all, everything he bought was basically a blind buy. So <laughs> I understand. I, I noticed that about him, yeah. And some people only buy you know stuff that they've seen before, but yeah. yeah sometimes I do the blind buys. I don't know. I I kind of mix it up. I used to I used to blind buy sometimes because there was a period of time where I hadn't watched like as many Criterion films as I had now. That like I was like, oh, I have to buy this movie. So like I kind of had some room to blind buy, but. 
lately I feel like I haven't had any room to blind buy because there's too many <laughs> films that I just like <laughs> deeply love that like I have to buy this. I would just feel wrong for me to put that must buy down to get a blind buy. But I mean, trust me, I understand the joy and the <laughs> and the and the, just how exhilarating it is just to just get a just to get a blind buy and you know take a shot in the dark sometimes you know exactly there's something special about finding a movie and then playing it for that first time yeah. and then finishing it and being like wow how did i not see this before absolutely I think, I think that's where it comes from for me it's almost like um you remember those like mystery like gift bags you used to get as a kid or something <laughs> yeah you know, or you don't know what you don't know what's yeah. coming after but yeah. you're gonna take the risk yeah. that's Easter kind eggs. of that's kind of the blind buy criterion for me. There's there's a yeah. metaphor for everyone. Yeah. Or on the flip side, you could on the flip side you could blind buy something and then be deeply disappointed. <laughs> that's like, oh, yeah, dude. That's happened to me, and then I sell it uh, yeah. on eBay or something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of blind buys, my the one I picked up today is 24 Frames by Abbas Kirastami. Oh, Kirastami, dude. Which, um, yeah. like we were saying about taking a chance but like this isn't really a chance because i've pretty much loved or at least appreciated every kiristami film i've seen i know carlos you're huge on kiristami's like your your video on certified copy was really really great and that really even heightened my love for him and yeah this was like pretty much the last mainstream i know he has like a lot of early work that you can find on the criterion channel and stuff but this is obviously the last four film that he directed before he passed away sadly mm-hmm. um and i'm not too sure about the narrative of this film i know it's a lot of like still images sort of morphed together you know in attempts to create a narrative film out of it so yeah i heard it's it, like more abstract yeah yeah and for kiristami that's saying a lot right because he's a very abstract filmmaker and a really you know interpretive you know really trust his audience filmmaker and that's why i love him yeah. and i'm really really excited to check this out you know maybe you know what this movie is like i feel like one sunday morning i'm just gonna brew some green tea and just watch this and zone out and relax to it you <laughs> that's know a, that's a vibe dude I that's like a vibe that. dude. that's an amazing <laughs> idea even the cover just looks very zen and very um moody so and this is the last kiristami i want that i i haven't seen out of like the like like i said like his more mainstream mm-hmm. fare that you could buy on criterion so i'm excited to check this one out man and uh, kiristami like we talked about him a lot last time. He's one of my favorites. So I, I'm I'm glad I took a shot in the dark, you know. Shout out to hey, Eric. Shout out to Eric. Blind hey, by I, King. <laughs> <laughs> uh have you seen um Like Someone in Love? Uh yeah, absolutely. I love that I, film. I love that movie too, dude. It it is so good. It is so beautiful. Yeah. And that was that was one, you know, in your new video, you saw certified copy. I almost mm-hmm. like messaged you. I'm like, dude, can you pick that up for me? Because it's so rare. <laughs> I can't find it at any oh, bars really? Noble in LA. And same goes for like someone in love. And I always see you guys pick it up. I'm like, what the hell? Well, shit, I, I, I dude, I'll tell you what, like if I find it in the next hall, I'll get it for you and I'll, I'll mail it to you. And you could just like whatever, I'll, send me the funds, whatever, PayPal, whatever. And that's it. Sure, man. I, that, I mean, I've, just getting a criterion from you in general would be great. So let's do that. <laughs> dude, do, you want me to sign it for you? I'm just yeah. <laughs> Someone picks up my copy of Look Someone in Love. Like, oh shit, did you get Kiristami? I'm like, no, man. Misfit Pond. <laughs> it's the Misfit Pond guy. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, that'd be great. Those are rare to find. And I I think certified copy might be my favorite Kiristami. I don't know about you. It's my it's my favorite Kiristami. Yes. It is an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, Brennan, what's what was the other one you got? Yeah, the other one I got was uh in the heat of the night. 
another right. another blind buy, but um, I really love Sydney Poitier. And the reason I picked this up, I told Jake, is one of my favorite filmmakers is Hal Ashby. And Ooh. this is and this is how he got his filmmaking start. One of my favorite my one, my favorite movie of all time is Harold and Maude, which is also in the Criterion Collection, of course. Yeah. Um, but this is really how he got his start in the business was editing this movie. So I've always been really intrigued about it, um, not only from the plot, but also to see how see how he kind of found his footing in the filmmaking industry. So it's he didn't the heat of the night. So he didn't like direct it. He just did the film editing. No, Norman. Yeah. Norman Jewison uh, directed mm-hmm. it. Okay. And then Hal Ashby's um, first movie was uh, a couple years after. Yeah. Okay, right. Interesting. Cool. That film is really highly regarded, especially in the like the American film canon. Like that movie really pushed the boundaries in terms of like race relations in film. I heard like really inspired like Spike Lee and all these mo- contemporary yeah. directors. So yeah, that, that's supposedly amazing. So I think that's a really good blind buy. Um, kind of drastically changing tone here. My next pickup is a movie <laughs> I love by Mr. John Waters, Pink Flamingos. Let's oh, look, dude. Look how beautiful that artwork amazing. is. I didn't know when you opened wow. it up that you had this amazing cover of Divine there. That's um, awesome. Um, I adore this movie. I don't care what anyone says. I think John Waters is one of the premier directors of the 70s. No joke. I think he promoted independent filmmaking to a new height. He has such a unique voice, hysterical movies. Divine is spectacular in all of his films. Um, Brennan, I know you haven't, you haven't seen any uh, of the divine John Waters movies, but like Carlos, have oh. you seen the, any Dude. like multiple maniacs or polyester, any of those? Okay. I've seen pink flamingos. I've seen female trouble and I seen polyester. Oh yeah. Um, I haven't oh. seen multiple maniacs yet, but it's so good. It's so good. Female trouble was my first John Waters experience. And holy shit, that is still my <laughs> that is still my favorite John Waters film to date. Uh, and I feel like it doesn't get enough praise because like everybody talks about Pink Flamingos all the time, which it should. I mean, Pink Flamingos is a reason why people talk about it all the time. It's it pushed the boundaries of what you could even show in a fucking movie, and it's like so <laughs> absurd and hilarious. But right. like Female Trouble to me is one of the most hilarious films I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life, and it's still like yeah. absurd and boundary pushing. It's not as boundary pushing as like Pink Flamingos, but Sure. You still got that, you know, boundary pushing John Waters touch to it. And it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. I, I love Female Trouble. Uh Pink Flamingos is all obviously amazing. Um I, and polyester I saw maybe like two or three months ago. And it's really mm-hmm. good. It's, it's a good. it's a more it's a more like well produced John Waters film. It has, yeah. still has that like John Waters stick to it that everybody loves, that kind of like meta, like sarcastic, self-aware kind of mm-hmm. stick. Um but it's still really good. I, it's, it's probably my least favorite that I've seen so far, but it's still really good. Yep. Polyester. I, did you watch the Criterion version of Polyester, like on the disc? Do you remember? No, I, no, I did not. Okay. So my ex-girlfriend who lo- who introduced me to John Waters, she had the original DVD copy. And that comes with the smell-o-rama. Yeah, the smell-o-rama. Yeah, yeah dude. And that really heightened that experience. Like, they yeah, smell like complete dog ass. Like... <laughs> A lot yeah. of the smells are, it's so much, it's so much fun though. Cause it feels like you're in a classic, classic, like 4d theater with like smell enhancements and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah I love John Waters and Brendan, you saw, um, you've seen serial mom, right? Which a great John Waters movie. Yeah. I love serial mom. <laughs> yeah. I need to check out his earlier work now. It's know? so Cere- good. 
Serial Mom is a movie that like I have just been dying to see. Like it's I so really fun. want to watch Serial Mom. I hear it's great. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh that's what we picked up today. Um Carlos, yeah, do you want you want to quickly do a Carlos haul? What you, sure. you picked up yet? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I just recently released a haul video yesterday. And these are the these are the movies that I got during that haul. So I got Cure. Uh oh, yeah. from Kurosawa, I forgot the first name, but Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. Excellent hypnotic thriller film. That's all. That's all I'll say about mm-hmm. it. But uh, thriller horror film. Uh, so much personality behind the camera. Really riveting yeah. stuff. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and so I also got uh, Ghost World. This is a movie that. Yeah. I actually haven't seen before. So technically this is a blind buy. Ooh, I'm only, let's go. Yeah, but I'm blind buying through the uh patron picks. So uh, like okay. I have a oh. I have a patron tier where people pay me like 35 bucks and I'll buy the criterion and I'll give a, a video review on it. So oh. you know, in a way I'm kind of taking a gamble here with this as well. Um, but I mean everybody that I talk to who watches film really likes it. It has like a young scar drip performance mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and it is here. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a high school movie, right? Am I wrong? Or so they, they're on the verge, they graduate high school and it's like the summer between that and them like entering the real life. So, oh, okay. Yeah. It's yeah, real I, good, dude. It's real good. It's an early 2000s, 2001. Yep. Okay. It's got a great, like minimalist style. Buscemi is fantastic in it. So. <laughs> oh, I, I love Steve Buscemi. It's funny. Cause on my last haul, I. I pointed at it and said, that's Steve Buscemi, but as a joke. I didn't think that was actually Steve Buscemi. <laughs> the and cartoon like, no. Buscemi, yeah. And it's almost like, no, that's actually Steve Buscemi. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, all right. And then next I got Sancho the Bailiff. Oh, yes. Oh, this, this masterpiece. Is a, yes, masterpiece. this is an absolute masterpiece, dude. This film is incredible from start to finish. It's beautifully mm-hmm. shot. A lot more brutal than I expected. It's really unforgiving with its content for a film that came out during its time. But like, damn, it's a it's an important film and it's really compelling. Like as a great character, a lot of the characters are great, but the the central character of the film is very compelling and like what what he like progresses towards by the end of the film. But yeah, Santa the Bailiff is really, really great. I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Heartbreaking film too. It's it, it Oh yeah. It's for like sure. you see a man get stripped away from everything. It's like ah, it's like ah. watching have you seen Harakiri? From, oh uh, yeah, that's Japan. another masterpiece. That's yeah. another Japanese masterpiece where you just yep. feel like so empty afterwards in the best way. So yeah, I love Sancho. Yeah, yeah Sancho's great. Um, then I got Drive My Car. <laughs> I almost bought that oh, today. Yeah. I almost yeah. bought it today. It's so good. Yeah, this was like this was in the maybe pile, and I had to choose between Lost Highway, Drive My Car, uh High and Low, and La Piscine. That's a and tough. I, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. very tough. So I, I ended up going with Drive My Car because this is a film that like I just think it's absolutely fantastic. Like the only reason why I was like second guessing it is because it's a newer movie. And sometimes I prioritize mm-hmm. like older movies, you know, yeah. over new movies. Same way. The same way. But couldn't help it. This is just really, really great. <laughs> so I had to get it. Nice. Um, And then I got Late Spring. Ooh. Um, yeah. Ozu film. I mean, I have a review on this. I review like a, a lot of these. So I review on Cure and Drive My Car. I don't have one on Chance of the Bailiff, but Late Spring is a my second Ozu film. I've seen Good Morning and Late Spring, but Late Spring to me is an absolute masterpiece as well. Yes. Um, just a really compelling 
both heartwarming and very heartbreaking, but um, yes. just absolutely great. And I had to pick I think it up. that was a must buy. That's where Ozu found his perfect medium of tone because, like, Good Morning is more playful and silly. Yeah. Tokyo Story, obviously, really melancholic. And that's like a perfect marriage. And I remember Eric in the video, he said, There's a, the, one of the best shots in the history of cinema is, is her face talking to her father. We're kind of just holding oh, yeah. on her. I can't really describe it too descriptively, but yeah what eric said in the video it's 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 so true great shot so oh absolutely yeah and then i also got uh daisies which ah, is a oh yeah couldn't find a, it <laughs> this is a this is a czech film and uh i haven't seen it this is another blind buy but that's because uh little souffle gave a uh patronage for it he gave me like 35 bucks that's a tier and he's like, yeah, watch Daisies and and uh, do a uh, video review. I'm like, all right, hell yeah, I'll do it. So I really don't know. I mean, I heard it's a very like experimental kind of film, like experimental, like fun kind of yeah. avant-garde movie. Yes. Um, rebellious type of film. That's all mm-hmm. I've really heard about it. So I don't know. I'm I'm really excited about it. So that's it. I, but that's it, though. That's my, nice. whole, that's my final thing. You'll love Daisies, like very stylistically uh impressive alley, think, yeah. yeah i'd say so yeah. like totally really brendan you've seen it too right yeah daisies is phenomenal awesome nice nice well boys good hauls good hauls um we come to the portion now where we talk about it what movie have you seen like say in the past one or two weeks that really blew you away um i'll kick it off um i'll talk about a movie that actually brendan and i saw together in the theater uh a few days ago um newer release by one of in my opinion, one of the modern masters of cinema. Um, but we're talking about Decision to Leave by Park Chan-wook. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos, I don't know if that movie's released to you by now or if I, the release has gotten to you guys in Georgia by now. But I think it is, but it's like playing in one theater in Atlanta. So okay. I'll, I got to eventually make time to see it. Dude. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I, I told Brennan after, it's probably towards the top slash middle tier of park chan walk like it didn't mm-hmm. blow me away like old boy or the handmaiden oh, of course yeah. it's more yeah. subtle it's more lighthearted compared to his other movies but yeah. the relationship between the cop and sort of the 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 modern femme fatale in this movie are super intriguing really playful really hilarious but also really heartbreaking like i think it's his most mature film and i've been following park's career since i really got into film i saw mm-hmm. old boy that like really early on, like in 2014, like almost a decade ago now. And I was just hooked on his movies. He introduced me to like South Korean cinema. So to see him make a movie like this mature and methodical Mm -hmm. and the cinematography, like we were talking about afterwards, Brendan, you can chime in, but like there's these aerial shots in this movie that look, it almost looks fake. It's so good. Like it looks like he drew it like in a canvas or something because it looks so aesthetically pleasing. And I had to see this movie like two or three more times to fully grasp it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure you would agree because it's like a two and a half hour multi-layered character study that spans like years of time. So, but my highest recommendations to a lot of people, I'm sure like a lot of film fans who know Park Chan-wook will really resonate with this film. And yeah, Brendan, if you want to add anything, like I, I had such a blast with this movie. I laughed. I, I was on the verge of tears and it's stylistically just so impressive. So. Yeah, decision to leave. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, this is my fourth Park Chan Wook movie, and um, I I think it's his most unique. You know, I I can't. I, yeah, I haven't agreed. seen everything yet, but I think 
the way the story is told from the is told from the way it's shot um it's it's so intricate and yeah. you're and you just love the characters and the journey that they're kind of taking along the way and it also has one of the best midpoints yeah um of this year in which you think the story is going somewhere and then it kind of you know twists you on its head Bait and switch, says yeah no let's i'll take you a different direction and mm-hmm. i i absolutely love the movie from where it took me halfway through and yeah, continued yeah. on um but yeah hi- highly recommended uh definitely in my top 10 of the year right now yeah yeah carlos are you seeing any park chen walk movies at this point Oh, of course, dude. I've seen Old Boy. I've seen The Handmaiden. And I've seen that kind of short film that he has on uh, Three Extremes. I don't know if y'all ever heard of that film. Oh, no. Oh, no, no yeah. I don't think so. No. Yeah, there's like, it's a horror film called Three Extremes. It's compiled of like Asian horror cinema, but huh. from like, it's like three short films, basically. They're all like 40 minutes long. Oh, shit. Around there. Um, and they're all like pretty decent. Actually, I would have to say I forgot what it's called, uh, Park Chan Wook segment. But his segment was actually like my least favorite <laughs> segment. Mm. segment. <laughs> but um, it's not bad. Um, but okay. I think that's I think it's really it from Park Chan Wook because I haven't seen uh like the uh the the uh, Vengeance movies. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think I think Old Boy and The Handmaiden is kind of really where it ends for me. But just those two films alone are freaking masterpieces so oh, absolutely um and i i've been watching a few of these in preparation for decision to leave like i know we did an episode on korean horror a few weeks back and we covered thirst which is a park chan walk movie sympathy for mr vengeance i watched about a month ago and that movie is bleak to say the least and very very melancholic but um also masterfully crafted like all of his films mm-hmm. are um brendan i know you're a huge fan of joint security area which is uh <laughs> a fantastic film as well. So I think he, like people talk, talk about Bong Joon-ho, obviously. And I, th- I think Park Chan-wook is just at the similar tier, maybe not as much award recognition like Parasite, but I think, I don't know. I always liken him as like the Korean David Fincher. So um, yeah, <laughs> I guess a good that. comparison. Yeah. Right. Right. And um, his latest film is no exception. Like it's fantastic. So um, yeah. Who wants to, anyone got a film they want to shout out? Oh, okay. So we're talking about recent films. I mean, shit. I might as well go ahead and say it. So I, I recently saw Banshees, um, of of Inishirin, I think is how you say it. Um, yeah, that so. yeah. uh, written directed by Martin McDonough. That movie's incredible. Uh, that movie mm-hmm. like deeply impacted me. It's it's a film that I was really excited for. Hey, there it is. Shout <laughs> out to Guinness. Shout out to Ireland. Shout out to Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. That film, dude, it's just like Mark McDonough is just a master at blending humor with like dramatic situations. It's like really hard to do that as a filmmaker to try to it, it, it's hard to blend, you know, comedy with something that's really like emotionally deep without coming off like tone deaf. And he does it like almost like better than anybody that I could really like recall right now. Agreed. Um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's that's the case with Banshees. And it's. It's an incredible movie. Like, I mean, I I shot a review for it. It's not out yet, but hopefully I can get it out by tomorrow. But um, it's uh, basically like in general, I just said that that film, like in terms of writing the screenplay, really good all around. The characters are just like, I mean, besides from the two amazing central characters played by Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, the side characters like Great. are really great too. Like all the side yeah. characters in the yeah. film, like 
they have a very distinct personality to them and they have their own like contribution to the themes and the story itself. And it's just really great stuff all around. Like Mark McDonough is an incredible filmmaker. I mean, I've only seen three billboards in Bruges and Banshees at this point, but all three of those films I think are pretty much incredible. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I agree. It's in my top five of 2022 so far. And I've been a fan of McDonough's for a while. Like in Bruges was one of the movies I always cite is one of the movies that made me want to write and get into, you know, explore subtext and like hidden meanings within a script. Cause that, mm-hmm. that movie is very layered and very complex, but also so accessible. I feel like mm-hmm. to the general masses, cause that movie is so funny and relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Banshees covers that too. Cause it's really just about two really alienated, lonely men who yep. can't connect with other human beings. And it kind of, kickstarts is really you know kind of fucked up friendship movie which i was like aggressively moved by this movie i don't know how you felt and i know brendan felt yeah, the same way like i was too on a technical level i think this is most mcdonough's most accomplished movie and like writing most su- like his most subtle movie um colin yeah. farrell brandon gleason fantastic so so yeah guy, i know i know a lot of you guys are going to watch that movie regardless and i know that it's going to be like a huge oscar contender too because mcdonough's like in with the academy now so oh is he uh, really oh that's awesome yeah, oh, yeah three, because like three billboards, three billboards yeah. was yeah yeah nearly one best picture yeah and um fingers crossed for colin farrell this year he's he's one of my favorite actors so yeah so, so yeah at man. this point yeah he's he's one of my favorite actors too for he's sure. so great yeah yeah, yeah. Brendan's Brendan's a fellow Irishman here, so he he of course loved uh, the Banshees. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I told Jake. I mean, I I don't think there's a movie that will blow me away like that. After I just I just yeah. still, I just you know sat in the cinema, kind of. I turned to Jake and I said, "Wow," you know. I I didn't have any other words, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it I kind of told Jake it's it's kind of like a modern Shakespeare tragedy tragedy tragedy. Yeah. told through you know our current state i i told jake it's kind of a reflection on you know the quarantine yeah. almost like i don't know if he wrote this in yeah. response to it but you know um it's almost it's almost it's very play-like but also mm-hmm. very very full of these nice visuals cinematic yeah it's very cinematic in that way so i'm happy he made it a film and he didn't I mean, because he is a playwright. He's a playwright. Yeah. So, oh, really? I had no idea he was a playwright. Mm-hmm. That's one awesome. of the most celebrated. Yeah, apparently, I haven't seen anything on stage, but people mm-hmm. revere him. Yeah. Yeah. This that makes sense because this film definitely seems like it could be a play. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But but I'm glad it's not. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> glad. Well, I'm glad it didn't just stay as a play. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, so we could all experience it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's not because I, I told Jake there was something about that island. You feel part yeah. of the community. You yeah. feel alienated with everyone. You see the war going on out yeah. on on yeah. the modern, you know, on the mainland of yeah. Ireland. Um. So it was just a just a captivating movie yeah. that just left me uh, awestruck at the end. Yeah. Absolutely. And at the Same end of the here, day, dude. that that movie really felt like mcdonough exploring just the human need for companionship and like we can't survive without friendships and people in our lives to prop us up so to me it felt like his most genuine movie even though of course it usually concludes with a very violent semi nihilistic viewpoint in the world but i don't know man to me like to me his most enduring film but also like i laughed a lot during it too like there's some hilarious yeah. dialogue and hilarious yeah. jokes thrown in too. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it it's it's really tough to think about man because like 
it's hard to decide like what's my favorite McDonough film because I'm telling you, I really love Three Billboards a lot and I love him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like with just a little bit of time, this could be my favorite McDonough film. I I, I, mean, I desperately want to watch it again. Like as soon as I left the theater, I was like, I want to watch that shit again. So. Yeah, yeah, me too. Brendan, yours is Seven Psychopaths, right? Your favorite? Yeah, that's that's my favorite McDonough so yeah, far. That's the, that's the one I haven't seen yet. <laughs> it's really good too. I I I second that. It's hilarious. Yeah, but I I think the plot is so intricate. Yeah, that's <laughs> his maybe- most. Yeah, Banshees is his most mature, so it might actually take the take the spot after more thought. Yeah, and Bruges is still my favorite because that, like I said, that movie got me into script writing and sort of that whole route. So that's a great inspiration to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little little bleak inspiration to have, but why not? You know, um, <laughs> Brennan. Uh, what have you watched recently that you want to discuss here? Yeah, the one I watched uh, the other morning which was a very nice, relaxing kind of movie, but also very meditative, was Hotel by the River by Hong Sang-soo. I recommended oh, that. <laughs> I um, Jake has shown me a director named Hong Sang-soo, um, and I absolutely love his work. Um, Tale, of, Tale of Cinema is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's fantastic. And Jake, Jake even showed me Right Now, Wrong Then, which mm-hmm. is another great Korean uh, film. But... Um, Hotel by the River really blew me away. It's kind of two different stories blended in one. Um, you have two girls. Um, one is really upset, really depressed with her life right now. And then you have another group of only men in the same hotel. I'm um, a father with his two sons. And the father has kind of been alienated from his sons his whole life. He hasn't, hasn't been too personal with them. Um, I told Jake after the movie, when I, when I was talking about the movie, it's kind of like the Meyerowitz stories, but like I Korean... haven't seen that one yet either. Oh, okay, okay. It's kind of like a Korean version of the Meyerowitz stories, where yeah, there's all these kind of intricate stories kind of blending together to um, create kind of a family drama. But um, very there, there's something about Hong Sing Soo. He has a very relaxing, mm-hmm. meditative tone. Very quiet. Music is used very scarcely. Um, mm-hmm. But in this movie, what I really appreciated was it was black and white and it was handheld uh, camera work. It was it was kind of different than his other ones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just I just really appreciate it. I felt like it's another movie kind of like Banshees when you feel part of this area. You know, it's yeah. very lived in. And I feel like those movies where I could live in this world and kind of escape from it for a little bit. Um, those are sometimes my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, and one of his most devastating third acts, I would say too. Like that, the ending of that movie absolutely wrecked me. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I'm sure a lot of you guys aren't familiar with Hong Sang Soo. He's a bit of a deep cut in terms of foreign directors, but he's a South Korean filmmaker. I often compare him to like, uh, I don't know, what would you say, like Richard Linklater, or um, you said Noah Baumbach, but like really humanistic um, portrayals of of South Korean families and like young twenty somethings. Um, but also like he's a very stylistic, um, distinct uh, voice in cinema. Like I think a lot of his movies feel really static, but he, he utilizes zooms better than most modern day directors and portray landscapes like South Korea. He portrays it as such a peaceful, but also like a really inviting place. You know, we talked about Park Chan-wook and Bong Joon-ho, like they more depicted as sort of like this kind of apo- semi-apocalyptic wasteland in a way which there's truth to that but i love hong sing su's portrayal of south korea um and carlos like if you want a recommendation 
mm-hmm. film Right Now, Wrong Then by Hong Sing Soo is like a very beautiful, intricate story. Like the structure is unlike anything you've seen before. Um, I'll semi spoil it, but it's not really a spoiler. But basically, the movie happens within an hour. It's a love story about two people meeting in South Korea. And the movie restarts an hour in and mm-hmm. does it again. And, and there's like very subtle differences. And basically, it's like a very observational human story. So, Shit, and I, I always recommend that to people that haven't heard of Hong Sang Suk. I think he's one of the most underrated modern day directors. So, I'm glad you watched that, Brendan. I just, I had to have my Hong Sang Suk rant at some point. So, yeah, we had That's to have awesome. it. We had to have it. Yeah. So, yeah. you said the film is called Right Now, Wrong Then? Or right is... Now, Wrong Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. He makes about a movie a year. They usually play a can. Like he's a very illustrious director. Like people hold him in high regard. But I think he makes some really interesting work. And um yeah, man. Yeah, Hotel Hotel by the River is fantastic. So I'm glad you watched that. so now we're going to be doing a little november celebration you guys know it's criterion season at barnes and noble movies are 50 percent off so i thought like this might be a great time to sort of celebrate some criterion films that not a lot of people have heard about some more of the underrated hidden gems and carlos i know i found your channel through my love of criterion and you recommended a lot of great films to me over the years so this this is an honor of you, my friend, because... Oh, shit. I'm very much honored. Thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, man. So since since this is an honor of you, why don't you kick it off? Like, what, We're going to each be sharing four films, by the way. Mm-hmm. So you guys will have 12 films in total to watch. And by the way, like, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there will have seen these films at some point, And you're going to be like, that's not underrated. I love that film. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. To us, you know, we're going with the ones that are more obscure and not like in the top, say, 100 most watched Criterion films. So yeah. So yeah, Carlos, my friend, go ahead and kick it off for us. All right. Well, thanks for giving me the honors, dude. Hell yeah. Um, all right. So my number four most underrated Criterion film, which by the way, like all these are basically just films that I feel like don't really get talked about enough within the Criterion collection. Yeah. Um. So number four is Secrets and Lies from Woo-hoo! Mike. Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd have to give a shout out to my friend, Mike Cepeda from Boston. Uh, oh yeah. Mike's the bus. Oh, you know Mike? Hell yeah. Dude. Yeah, Mike and I DM a lot. Yeah, shout out to that's, Mike. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Mike recommended this film like way back and he like swore it was such a great film. And, you know, he was right. This is a fantastic <laughs> film. To me, this is a masterpiece. Uh, I have a review on this, so please check it out if you want to give like more in-depth thoughts. But, um, I mean, a lot of people talk about Naked as like Mike Lee's like, magnum opus. Like that's like his best film. Mm-hmm. Like I watched Naked. I think it's a good film, but like to me personally, it really doesn't have nearly as much of the impact as a film like Secrets and Lies does. Um, this film is just feels like a roller coaster ride, honestly. It's like a yeah. subtle roller coaster ride, but the amount of emotions that you go through and the amount of like revelations you get throughout the experience, um, it really does take you for a ride. And it's it's just incredible. Like the writing from start to finish, it's very compelling. All the character dynamics are very compelling. Um Overall, like, I just think this is like filmmaking at its finest, especially when it comes from uh, the filmmaker Mike Lee in comparison mm-hmm. to Naked, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not trying to dog on Naked, but just just to me is like the film that people really should be talking about and should be really looking out for. 
um overall just a really really great film so that's my number four uh secrets and lies from mike lee i second everything he said and i couldn't be more happy to talk about mike lee today um <laughs> yeah dude i agree i mean uh secrets and lies like you were saying about a roller coaster ride like i love how mike lee he kind of he constructs his dialogue and sort of the tension in, in his sequences to mm. to just build dramaturgy and then and, and tension so perfectly um and he's really become one of my favorite directors and secret secrets and lies palm door winner i think palm door winner right it, yeah, it was up for I a got, palm door yeah yeah i mean i know it got nominated for like an oscar like some yeah. oscars actually which is crazy yeah best screenplay i i, I don't remember but a fantastic mm-hmm. film um little tease i will be talking about mike lee and shortly here so that will not be awesome. the end of that um brendan you want to go next oh yeah sure so um I'm picking a movie I know Carlos really likes. It's Kanoa. Oh, dude, I haven't seen memory. that movie yet. Oh, I thought. Oh, I thought uh, you've seen it. No, I blind bought oh, it, but I still oh, haven't shit. seen it. Dude. No, oh, no wonder. I, I thought. I, I thought you said you saw it. Okay. I think I saw you pick it up in a hall, and I was like, Carlos definitely I, likes that movie. I though. blind bought it. I am <laughs> super dying to see it, and now that's in your top four. Now it's like that's it. I have to freaking watch it. You know, what? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm might blind you... rank it tonight in the voice chat. Why not? Nice, nice, dude. There yeah, you you have to watch it soon. Um. It's such an interesting movie. I actually watched this because I watched a video about Alfonso Cuaron talking about some really powerful movies that has impacted him. And he said Kanoa was this one movie he saw that really made him fall in love with movies. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Let me go check this out. What it is, it's it's kind of a nonfiction reworking told as kind of a fake documentary um, disguised as a film to um, talk about this really tragic incident that happened in Mexico. Um, But I really love it because it deals with that small town community. Um, They, they basically all believed in uh, communists being really evil at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So any communists that came into their community, they immediately had to be persecuted. Okay. In some way. And, um, it's just a very tragic, but really amazing and well-told film. Um, one of those movies that's so emotional and um, so dramatic along the way, but told so beautifully. And so, I mean, it's very unique that the director kind of has his first person point of view perspective. A lot of the characters talk towards the camera. Um, there's these weird parts with the community, like the priest talks to the camera. Um, so it's, it's overall just a very uh, intricate, uh, nonfiction kind of reworking of that story. I, I, it's it's one of those that you just can't help but um, feel emotional after. And I hear it gets like pretty brutal too. It gets very brutal. Um, yeah. and I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, yeah. But I love that you actually you you fall in love with each of these characters and mm-hmm. their passions, their desires. You don't, you know, it doesn't get you right into the brutality or what's going on with the community. It really understands these characters and develops them which... yeah it's a film that like my dad's been talking about like even before i knew like what criterion was like he was telling me i have to huh. watch this movie because my dad's mexican and he was like yeah i watched that film like you know when i was younger and i was like all right and then i saw i you know by the time when i saw it in the criterion collection i was like i didn't know it was part of the collection that was like a, that was a news to me so i mean this is a film that i like i i've been desperately needing to watch so 
it's it's kind of hard to find at least by mm-hmm. us like this is the first time i saw it randomly it was the last one left and i just had to grab it but for the longest time i couldn't find it for maybe like two years um so yeah it, it, it is kind of hard to find so <clears throat> yeah my bad i thought carlos had seen that movie so yeah. i was kind of <laughs> like that'd be a great pick to bring up you guys could no. sort of <laughs> connect over that movie no but, it's okay I, I mean i'm still connecting over it because like that's giving me like definitely the push like i need to watch that movie right. like it's 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 been way overdue it right. has such an interesting style carlos you're, you're going yeah. to love it yeah it worked oh, out then. nice <laughs> yep Nice, man. All right. Uh, my first pick is a movie that from one of my favorite filmmakers, but doesn't get as much shine as his other work. But yeah, it's The American Friend uh, by Vin oh, Vendors. Who, I see that cover all the time. Yeah, dude. Uh, I would I would push for you to blind by this because, um, it, of course, if you like Vin Vendors and his style, like obviously he's a very patient and subdued filmmaker and very human filmmaker, I would say. And this is like his take on sort of a pop noir movie, meaning there's a lot of there's a lot of cultural references in the movie, and there's a lot of um, modern songs, uh, at least for the time when this came out in 1977. Um, but the star, uh, the stars of this movie are Bruno Gaines and Dennis Hopper, and essentially Bruno Gaines is diagnosed with like a really terminal cancer, and Dennis Hopper essentially convinces him to become a hitman since he has no real life left in him um and to create a, a lot of money to sort of feed his family after he's gone it's sort of like a weird precursor to breaking bad in the narrative sense um but i showed brendan this movie and after re-watching this movie I, this is one of my favorite films of all time and oh. it is i think vim vendor's most one of his most human stories because he he explores a lot of taboo subjects quietly. Like Paris, Texas is really mm-hmm. a beautiful film, but really delves deep into like the psychology of of marriage and and sort of companionship with another human being. And this movie really delves deep into death and sort of that desperation that everyone has when they know that the clock is ticking. And this movie is just, I think it's just so incredibly well done and beautifully shot. Um, uh, Robbie Mueller, Robbie Mueller, who's... He's he's worked a lot with David Lynch. Uh, he shot Repo Man and a few other Vim vendors, but this film looks incredible. Um, ex- exceptionally heartbreaking film, but also a really cool neo noir on top of that, and some really tense sequences. Just really has become well, like top fifty favorite films of all time for me. And Brendan, if you want to speak on it too, because I know I showed it to you, and I'm glad you loved it as well. And yeah, Vim vendors. I, you know, obviously people know Paris, Texas, and and like Wings of Desire, but I think this film deserves to be talked about just as much as those so no you're right there's this incredible chase scene i remember in the movie yeah towards yeah, the yeah. end um but yeah the way that uh vim vendors you know shoots this kind of like moments of action or suspense mm-hmm. it's so interesting it's, it's it's stuff that you don't you don't see often so yeah i, I yeah. highly recommend uh the american friend carlos there's a scene on a on a train that feels straight out of like a Robert Brisson movie or something where it's just all about the action. There's like no dialogue and it takes place for like 20 minutes in the middle of the movie. Yeah. And it's so, wow. jar- it's so fucking jarring, <laughs> but like, it's such a cool tonal shift. And yeah. And when vendors, like I said, like if you've seen Paris, Texas and his other movies, he's a very quiet filmmaker. And this is him kind of like ramping up to more like 
action suspense thriller type filmmaking so oh okay i couldn't recommend this movie enough guys like definitely definitely check it out if you like paris taxes or like 70s noir so that's cool. my pick that's my pick good pick i'll definitely keep that on my radar for sure because i seen the cover for that all the time but i was always like i don't know anything about it so you know but now but now that i know something about it and you put it up and you know i've been high regards like i definitely want to check it out now absolutely um oh is it my turn now yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah your turn. Uh, all yeah, right bro so number three most underrated criterion film we have sajajit ray's the hero um yes <laughs> hell yeah brendan <laughs> um so surprisingly this is the only sajajit ray film that i've seen and you know i haven't seen the apu trilogy or the big city or anything like that yet but um this film is to me a bona fide masterpiece um this is a film that again like for the people that have seen it they love it but like this in general it just pretty much never gets talked about like i have like i never heard of this film until my friend uh spaghetti in the discord brought it up to me but like I don't hear anybody ever talk about this movie and it really deserves to be talked about more because like, I just think this film is so compelling. It's such an interesting character study that dives into complex themes about the consequences of fame and um, also like the integrity of journalism that's embodied by the kind of the co-star of this film. And uh, she's great in it. And like overall, this film is just like, not only is it very creative and artistic, but um, overall very well written and very well directed. I mean, there's scenes in this movie. There's there's dream sequences in this film that I mean, it's almost baffling. They came out during the time that it did, wow. and uh, just very modern looking. And overall, I was just like completely blown away by this movie and surprised that nobody ever talks about it because like, if I had to compare it to another film, I guess it would be like um, uh, eight and a half. But to me, this, I know some people probably say it's blasphemy, but to me, this is, <laughs> I prefer this film over eight and a half. I just think like, wow. in terms of character, in terms of narrative, in terms of vision, I just feel like it's more compelling overall. Um, so yeah, this is a film that like everybody needs to check out. It's really, really great film. Yeah, I second that. Um, what I love that about that movie is it's so ahead of its time, you know? It's yes, about it self. Re- it's about self-reflection. You know, how do you want to tell your own story, but also how do you want to have others perceive you? Right. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, and and I th- I think it's such an interesting dichotomy in that movie, especially with like you said the journalism kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love the train kind of parts. Uh, they're kind of yeah. talking on the train and those dream sequences. Yeah, it's 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 really a marvelous movie. And, yeah, uh, it's a it's a whole other thing. Like the entire movie basically takes place on a train. Yeah, and it it, it accomplishes and, so much just from that limited space. And it's just basically him talking and and flashbacks and mm-hmm. you know dream sequences. But it's so captivating, and you can't help but you know feel stuck with the movie. Absolutely, I'm glad you also shared the same love I do for that movie. <laughs> so I do. Good. Yeah, it was going to be one of my picks. <laughs> oh, was wow. it really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I still I'm need to see it, yours. man. I still really want to see it because I've seen Panther Panchali, which is the first one in the uh, Apu trilogy, which is honestly one of the most like revealing films of someone recounting their own childhood. Like that movie was really 
personal for Sashi Array. So I, I'd love to see more of his work. And like, he's got a lot of movies that are like held in high regard, like the big city, like you mentioned yep. the music room. I know like Debbie is on criterion and people always yep. uh, recommend that one. So definitely a director that yep. I would love to delve more into. And obviously I highly recommend the Apu trilogy. Yeah. Charlotte is another film I've heard is really good. Right. That's what it's called. Right. Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I heard it's really good too. It's on Criterion. I've, that's another film that's kind of been that's kind of had in my eye. Yeah. This is other this is another Indian film that's on Criterion that nobody talks about that I've been really wanted to see. It's called The Cloud Cat Star. And like oh, okay. it looks like another film that I would absolutely love. So that's another film that's on my radar as well. Nice. Going all over the map today, boys. I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh Brendan, you're next, yeah. Yeah. Um my movie is definitely in my top 20 of all time i am absolutely floored by this and it's one of the funniest comedies ever made to me this is the palm beach story Mm -hmm. um from movie from preston sturgis i've never even heard of that (laughs) exactly and that's and that that's a good thing that we're (laughs) highlighting good good I'm, i'm happy to hear that um this is one that was distributed in 2015 so it's very hard to find at barnes and noble now i mean um, I had to buy this from like a secondhand seller because of how hard it was wow. to find. <laughs> um, but it, it's such an amazing screwball comedy. Uh, Jake knows I have a fascination for that genre. And um, it's basically the plot of it is um, a husband and a wife. The wife decides, you know what? I can make more money being single and kind of being like a gold digger in the 40s, you know, if we want to put it that way. It's very ahead of its time, this whole very, plot. Yeah, too. Very subversive um, of the time, yeah. And the husband agrees. He's like, you know, you go, go make your money because I'm broke right now. I can't, I can't afford to be married. And, <laughs> um, and then they try to find love in another way. But throughout that love, they slowly find um, that maybe they might be right for each other. Um, that's kind of the plot of the movie. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like a dual romance, you know, there's a, a husband go, trying to find love and there's uh the wife trying to find love and it's so hilarious. And it uh, sounds really interesting. I like that. It's yeah. I highly recommend it. Even, even my girlfriend who doesn't watch a lot of um, films, she, she absolutely loved this movie. She was nice. like, this was so funny um so captivating it's she even said thank you like thank you for showing me this this is this is this is so happy but it's yeah it's a really lighthearted, ahead of its time uh romantic comedy and i even told jake it kind of influenced um uh forgetting sarah marshall which i know is one of jake's favorite <laughs> movies um, i love that movie <laughs> and you, love, you love it too carlos okay good yeah yeah it's great it's it's, it's very it's very similar like you know it's kind of like the modern version of palm yeah. beach story tropical um, vacation Really quick-witted dialogue, yeah. Yeah, very quick-witted dialogue. Interesting characters, um, kind of funny romance moments. But yeah, overall, um, check out Palm Beach Story if you can. Um, it's very hard to find at Barnes & Noble, but... Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, uh, I love Preston Sergis too. Shout out Preston Sergis. I think I think he's so he's such a funny, talented director. Um, Sullivan's Travels and Lady Eve. Lady Eve. Yeah. Um, miracle on Morgan Street on Morgan's Creek. So there's a lot of a lot of great movies that he's mm-hmm. done, and he doesn't get enough love. You know, he really, really, he really doesn't get enough love. Yeah, I'll add to that too. Like you showed me that film, and it's it's just hysterical, and like just the timing of his comedic chops, like the dialogue, how quick witted it is, and how 
every character is fi- like firing back and forth at each other. It takes a lot of skill to direct actors like that. It's really admirable. So, and if anyone's a comedy fan out there, like any comedy movie that you can think of is like really traced back to like Preston Surges and like Frank Capra, obviously, uh, yep. Howard Hawks, but like Preston Surges really is the master of like dialogue and, you know, human relationships and stuff like that. So, I, I yeah, Lady Eve is is fantastic, of course, like you said. So, yeah, shout out Sturgis, man. He's he's the man. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy. <laughs> yeah. What's your pick, Jake? Uh, I I mentioned Mike Lee before. I had to pick this. This is uh, this is shout out to Mikey again. Me and Mikey really bonded <laughs> o- over this movie because we both love it. Uh, Life is sweet. Uh, oh yeah, Life he loves is- that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I messaged him initially because I saw him in one of your haul videos. <clears throat> talk about how this is one of his favorite films. I was like, I've never met anyone on earth that has said that, that sentence. So I, I had to message him after that. Um, after, after I got into your discord, of course, but yeah, man, this movie really, it, it's essentially a family portrait. Like a lot of Mike Lee movies are um, basically the father in this film is he's a restaurant worker who buys this, as you can see on the cover this sort of food trailer, this food truck, and it's trying to mold a better life for his family. Like they're in like the lower working class in Great Britain. Um, and and there's a mom who's very eccentric and very um what would you say, exuberant, like overly exuberant. Um, and then there's their two daughters, you know, one is very strong-headed and, and like headed in the right direction to make money and build a life for herself, while the other uh, is like bulimic and she's very she never leaves her bed she's depressed um and overall this movie is just a very honest portrayal of, of family life um um one of the most accurate portrayals of just how tough it is in real life to communicate with your family and really tell them how what you want to say and how tough that could be to like really admit your vulnerability to your parents and stuff like that and and Mike Lee, like you were talking about Carlos with secrets and lies, like he is really is the master of, of, of really capturing really intimate, hard to watch moments uh, in conversation and in dialogue. <clears throat> and the very end of this film, when naturally all of Mike Lee's films really progress to a point of like a boiling point of just mm-hmm. everyone lashes out. <clears throat> and that's sort of his formula as a filmmaker. And I would contend this does it more effectively than any of his films because this movie is so lighthearted. It is so funny. It is so honest, like I said. And all of the characters feel really lived in in this film, like very true to life. And if you know anyone that deals with just severe depression and like anxiety, like it is captured so well in this film. And this movie was released in 1990. So I think it's way ahead of its time. Um, And yeah, yeah. Like, like I said about Mike Lee, I adore him, and this is, I think, his best film. So, uh, nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> Very passionate about that one, and and uh, all of his films. Really, I love him so much as a filmmaker. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely one I gotta watch soon, man. Like, it just seems like it seems like a film that I would absolutely love. I think you would too, man. And and yeah, and the performances are stellar. And Brendan, I think you've seen part of this movie. I would yeah. like to. I hope you you finish it. One I want to finish it with you. Yeah. <laughs> um. And real quick, I I just want to mention like he has a film released a few years prior to this called Meantime, uh, nineteen eighty four, mm-hmm. which 
which has gotten a lot more shine because it got a Blu-ray release recently on the Criterion or semi recently. Um, and that movie is very similar to this one, just kind of with different archetypes for their characters. So, um, I'd, like early Mike Lee is really special and really uh, foundational stuff. So. Carlos is you're up next. Yes. All right. My turn. So my number two film on the top four most underrated criterions is Hapon, which is written and directed by Carlos Regatas. Um, so yeah, this is the film that I actually did blind buy. Um, because I was in a period of time where I was like, okay, I want to get more familiar with Mexican filmmakers. So I just kind of looked up all the Mexican films that were on Criterion and just thought, okay. Which ones do I feel like I would like more than others? And Hapon was like up there. And I mean, thankfully, I, I did love this movie a lot. Um, and it's only number two, not because I like this more than The Hero or Secrets and Lies, but because I really feel like nobody ever talks about this movie, like comparison to the uh, in comparison to the other ones. Um, like this is such a it's it's really interesting because this combines like a surrealist type of approach to filmmaking combined with a very authentic and documentative kind of style of filmmaking because hmm. a lot about the film in terms of the landscape and the 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 people all that feels very like genuine and real um but especially in certain segments and especially with certain events that occur in the film um a lot of that feels very like nightmarish and otherworldly just in terms of like the aesthetic presentation um so yeah this is i mean this is this is not going to be a film for everybody for sure like this is kind of one of those films that is going to be divisive by its nature but overall it's i think it is it serves as one of the better discussion pieces that criterion has to offer because this was a film that we talked about in the discord and the, to me this is like at least top three discussions i ever had in the discord it went on for a very long time and we went on like all day about this movie even for even for even for people that like weren't that huge on it like they still had a lot to say about it so um yeah i mean this film you know bear in mind it really goes there there's a lot of bizarre kind of content in this movie it doesn't hold back um so just kind of prepare for that when you go into it but overall like i think this is a film that is definitely worth watching worth discussing and it really kind of stays with you for a long time so i've also seen his other film well uh one of his more recent films came out like in 2000 if i'm not mistaken like 11 or something like that uh called post tenebra lux that film is also really good in my opinion i i really dug that one as well but um yeah, hop on. If y'all haven't seen it, this is one I definitely recommend checking out. I second that too, because I also blind bought it. So I had so many nice. mixed things. And yeah, like just the aspect ratio of that film is, is super interesting to me. And I think yeah. there's a lot of purpose to it. I'm sure you would agree. And like you said, there's a lot of very out there content in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I even have a funny review involving her horses about that movie. <laughs> was, oh yeah. yeah. I, know I know what scene you're talking about. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I watched, I watched that with my good friend, um, Antonio, and we watched that movie together and he, we were after the final shot, we both just looked at each other and we're like, that felt like 
kind of like a transcendent film experience. So, yeah, yeah, it's an experience yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I, mm-hmm. I second that, you guys. That's that's definitely worth a blind buy or at least a watch if you have the Criterion Channel. It's it's mm-hmm. worth a watch. So yep, Brendan, sir, what do you got? Yeah, I kind of have a little bit of a random one here. Um, this is Judex by George Franju. Director of uh, Eyes Without a Face, right? Correct. Yeah, Eyes Whoa. Without a Face. I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. He's pulling yeah. the deep cuts today. I'm pulling some deep ones today. <laughs> um, but I love Eyes Without a Face. So I thought, you know what? I got to check out this movie, Judex. It's very hard to find, uh, first off. It's distributed in 2014 i i think honestly i just randomly found it somewhere and luckily luckily i was able to pick it up but it's such an interesting kind of movie there's the inside even it has like one of the heaviest booklets like look at this holy shit (laughs) like i just want to comment on that it's one of the heaviest criterions just by weight. little weighty criterion there yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um but what I love about the movie is it blends the silent era of, you know, 20s filmmaking um, with that 60s or 70s noir kind of serial feel to it. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like any of those serial kind of films from the 50s or 60s. Hmm. Um, I, I don't think so. Serial as in like serial killer or serial as in like Frosted Flakes? I'm just kidding. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Both. Good one. But <laughs> both, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a serial serial killer. Um, yeah. But no, but but these um, but this film kind of blends both of them, and tells this very interesting noir kind of story about you know masquerade, and kind of crime in France. Uh, it's very interesting, and it's one of those I told Jake. I mean, after watching it, I was like, that was one of the most unique movies I've ever seen. Um. It it constantly tells a story with no dialogue and then randomly will have a ton of dialogue. And some people might call it a mess and I could see it being a very divisive movie. But for me, I just totally fell in love with it. And I told Jake, I, I can't get it out of my memory, weirdly. It's it's one of those movies that has stuck with me. Mm. It might it might not be one of my favorites of all time, but it really has stuck with me in that weird way. The right. the visuals of it, um, and how intricate the story is. I I really would oh. recommend Judex to anyone. Anyone that loves Eyes Without a Face. Yeah. And um and I also want to second also um <laughs> that uh this director, George Franju, um also did a movie called Blood of the Beasts. And I, I told Jake earlier today, so that's one of the most <laughs> disturbing movies I've ever seen. <laughs> um so it, it's weird his his blend of filmmaking and he always tries something new. And uh I actually wanna see what he does um mm. i need to i need to continue out with his uh, filmography but yeah recommendation uh judex pick it up if you like those kind of crime kind of silent crime films um that have a really strange structure to it all um it's it's very 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 interesting there's a killer with that's that's the killer up there with the bird uh the bird's that, the killer the bird's looks. the killer yeah, the, the bird, the bird, the bird man is kind of like the killer, the magician. There's there's some magic in it. It's very, very, very interesting movie. You won't right see anything like it. it yeah, right yeah, yeah. Exactly on my alley. Yeah, man. I mean, judging from the merits of Eyes Without a Face, I think that's yeah. one of the, the great horror films of all time. Yeah. No, no joke. Like, so I, I, I'm dying to watch that now. So 
Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. You already hooked me with the whole eyes, the eyes, not a face thing. I was like, you got good. me already. Yeah, good, good. Just come on to me, come to me on the street and say eyes with a face. I'll follow you anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all you need. There you go. <laughs> Very cool, man. Uh, my number two, probably. I don't think anyone is gonna have heard of this film, but that hey, that's what we're here for, right? Um, so this film is called Sundays and Sibel. It is a French film, and I mentioned before. Oh. I don't know if we had recorded or not, but I had mentioned that uh, Gaspar Noe picked this movie up in the closet video. And that's what immediately piqued my curiosity because he had said that Harmony Korine had said this was his favorite French movie of all time. And this movie was not streamable anywhere. So I was like, fuck it. I'll blind buy it. I'll blind buy it. And this movie is devastatingly beautiful. It is about a... It's a post-World War II film, basically about a French soldier who gets wounded in the war. He becomes handicapped and essentially homeless. And he meets a young girl, a young orphan girl, and basically strikes up a friendship with her. Um, And basically the film just highlights these two people just try to survive together post-World War II. And something about me is I love movies that depict war kind of on the peripheries of war, like outside of it. Like we mentioned Banshees, like... That movie is about people that are really close to a war. And this movie is about people that have been affected by the war, kind of like the underseen people and after post-World War II. And this movie is really neurotic. Um, it's it's very, like you were saying about Hapone, Carlos, it's a little out there in its content. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a French new wave film. So obviously there's a little, there's a few unsavory themes to this movie, um, but it is ex- exceptionally moving um, there's hints of Tarkovsky in here at times. And um, like I said, like I, I love really daring war movies that really tell the unsung hero story outside of the soldiers or people on the front lines, which, you know, come and see. I, obviously, I love that film, but this movie uh, just blew me away and was one of my favorite blind flies I think I ever had. And unfortunately, I think this movie is out of print now if you want a physical copy. But if if you want to... Yeah, I know. Wow. So this might be worth a a, a, good, a pretty penny or two. So, um, and it, I I personally really love uh coming of age stories and and really unique dynamics between like an older guy and a younger girl. Uh, really like kind of neurotic relationships. So, so yeah, man. Uh, this this is definitely the most obscure pick in my whole list. So I just I think I had to throw it in there, and I think it's a fantastic film. Um, very French. So know that going in well i can't promise that i'll blind buy considering that it's out of print (laughs) but i will definitely try to seek it out in some way and watch it because uh that that, hey man that's something you know (laughs) yeah man i mean the way you described it definitely makes me want to watch it man it sounds very interesting and unique yeah there's sequences in this movie that really remind me of ivan's childhood i don't know if you guys have seen that from tarkovsky Um, i haven't seen that one yet yeah it's sort of like the the child's perspective of World War II, which I think is is super interesting, especially because this came like this released in 1962. So this wasn't too far off from the, like the landscapes of post-World War II, like in, in Eastern Europe. So. So, yeah, guys, if you somehow you could find that film, I don't know where you can maybe eBay or something, but uh, highest of recommendations from me. So nice. Hell yeah, dude. Yes, sir. I turn right. Your turn. Yeah. Final Hell movie, yeah. last one. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So, 
my number one most underrated Criterion film in the collection is The Kid with the Bike. So this is a film that is, I mean, it's, I think the reason why I picked this as my number one is because it's, I mean, it's a fairly new movie, like in comparison to everything else that I've said. Like it came out, it came out in uh, 2011. Yeah. And like you, you would just kind of think that like newer movies like this, that have such great quality to them will get discussed more. But I mean, this film never gets discussed in my opinion. Like I hardly ever hear anybody talk about this movie. And to me, that's a damn travesty because this film from start to finish is riveting. Like it's, 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 it's very energetic. Um, So like, if you're somebody that doesn't like, you know, if you don't have the patience for slow paced movies, look no further because this film is to me very fast paced. Um, It's, it's, it's a short movie and it's, compelling it's emotionally heartbreaking um it's also heartwarming in different ways um but i mean in, in a nutshell it's basically just about you know a, a young kid who is desperately seeking a relationship with his father and um you know has to deal with this kind of like identity crisis that no young boy should really have to deal with and it's in certain ways it's very raw it's it's unforgiving uh, but it's also in certain ways uplifting. It has a very a lot of important messages to send um, about young adulthood, uh, coming of age kind of story as well. Um, I mean, this this film to me, like in in its runtime, it delivers so much. It's just to me from start to finish, uh, very engaging, very impactful. Uh, the child performance from this young man is incredible. Um, he is really great in this film. I mean, he has to convey a pretty big range of emotions. Uh, most of them very like, you know, but most of it is, you know, a lot of like frustration and anger. But there's a few scenes in this film where he has to really convey like, you know, more heartbreaking emotions. And it really gets to me to me like like this film is a film that like it always kind of like brings me on the verge of tears. Um just incredible stuff all around. I, I really wish people would talk about this film more, especially considering that it's not even that old of a movie, really, like in comparison to a lot of other films in the Criterion Collection. Um, yeah, so I don't know how many of you out there have ever heard of this movie, but, I mean, take this, like, as, for you know, take it from me to be, like, one of the most utmost uh, recommendations in the Criterion Collection, because I never hear anybody talk about this film, especially in reference to the Criterion Collection. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all I'll say about it. But really, really incredible film, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. you know what? Let me go and shout out Perry, because Perry was, like, <laughs> really, like, pushing this film on me for so long. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, I kind of slept on it for a while, as I think everybody does with this movie, apparently. And eventually, I was like, you know what? I got some time. I'll watch it. And I was like, yo, Perry, thank you so much for recommending this movie. It's <laughs> really, really great. So, yeah, shout out to Perry for that. Shout out to Perry. Um, yeah, real quick, I'll just say the Dardenne brothers. I, I haven't seen that film, unfortunately, but they have a film from 2014, which is also on Criterion called Two Days, One Night mm-hmm. with Marion yeah. Cotillard, which is, I think, an absolutely incredible movie. And they are such humanist filmmakers. Like, you could tell I really love movies like that. So, yeah, the, yeah, I, I, I'm dying to see that now. I've been wanting to watch it for so long, but I, I'm ashamed that I haven't seen it yet. But Oh man, I, will I can't do wait it. to hear your thoughts. I on will it, man. do it. I will. I will message you my thoughts on that one. And 
Love the Dark Dens. They have a new movie coming out this year as well. So, oh um, shit! See, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're awesome. so they're so underrated, man. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a great pick, uh, Brendan. What's your number numero uno? Yeah, my last one. Um, good pick, Carlos. So I do have to see that one. The kid on with the kid oh, with the thank leg. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but my last one is we all know Charlie Chaplin from Modern Times, right? Um, and a lot of his other silent work, but I think the one movie that a lot of people tend to forget is Limelight. Um, I know there's a lot of love for this movie. It's not underrated critically, or it's not really divisive. Um, but what I think is so interesting about this movie is that Char- Charlie Chaplin really made a movie about himself, right? Um, I like when an artist kind of reflects on their life and thinks back on themselves. And I think this is a movie that Charlie Chaplin really accomplished that. Um, and to me, it's so far my favorite movie that I've seen of his. Um, but there's a lot of interesting things going on. I mean, Buster Keen has a cameo. Um, <laughs> really? I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Buster Keen has a cameo. It's much more of a mellow dramatic movie than it is a comedy but it has comedy kind of spruced uh you know kind of sprinkled in there um but i i just find it so emotionally investigating just to see an artist basically go down this path of you know he was an alcoholic he was a failed you know silent star and how do you bring yourself back up to that platform that you once were you know um, that's kind of what the movie is. It's it's a little long. It's two and a half hours almost, but it does so much in that runtime to make you care for him. And, you know, it's, it's really a movie about art and a movie about filmmaking just kind of disguised as a movie, which right. I, I kind of like a lot. I like that. Um, it's, it's, it's something that I easily, you know, kind of grab grasp onto. Um, yeah. But yeah, everyone check out Limelight. I know I don't know how easily available it is, but I think a lot of the times we think of Charlie Chaplin as this like comedy kind of like stumbly kind of silent film, yeah. you know, actor. But here he really turns in one of the greatest performances, and I mean, just the directing he does here is phenomenal. And I think it honestly, it's one of my favorite endings of all time. I'd even say like in the top twenty favorite endings. I think the way that movie ends is just so great and i don't want to i don't want to spoil it for anyone but really check out line nice. by charlie chaplin nice so i i have to admit a very embarrassing cinema sin but oh. i have not seen a charlie chaplin film from start to finish and it's not because i don't want to i just <laughs> I haven't okay. gotten around I'm to still, it yeah yeah i'm still missing some of the big ones you know like the great dictator and all that but yeah i was gonna know. say i have seen the magnificent speech that he gives in the great dictator Same. because yeah, yeah. of like when I was on film school, they played it. So I do know how great that scene is, but like, and you know, the grand scheme of things, I haven't seen a Charlie Chaplin film from start to finish. You know what? I'll recommend no, one. I'll recommend one right now for people that want to get into Chaplin. There's a movie he made called the kid released. It was really early in 1921, but that movie is only an hour long. And it's basically about him and a kid team up to like pickpocket people and it's so funny and it's so joyous but it's like <laughs> it's a perfect like entry point i think to his comedy and like what brendan was saying like he usually inserts a lot of really personal aspects about his life in his all of his movies so um, i'm a huge fan of him and obviously modern times is fantastic and 
I, I also need to see Limelight. So that's that's one for all of us to check out, I guess. So absolutely. Yeah. It's a great pick. Yeah. Um all right, guys. So my number one pick for the most underrated criterion is is a little bit cheating because I put I picked an eclipse series. Um it, <laughs> it is it's three films in one, but um this 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 has become one of my favorite directors of all time. And this is the works of Aki Karismaki, who is a Finland filmmaker. Um and look, I this is a very deep cut, so it's hard for me really to sell you guys um in this short amount of time, but this trilogy right here is such a wonderful entry point to this man's work. Um, I, I've recommended a few of his movies to Brendan, and we've actually watched a few together. Um, to describe his style, like I would say it's in the vein of like Jim Jarmusch. Like it's a very um it depicts really hi- kind of hipstery sides to urban settings and stuff like that, and has really whimsical characters. Um and and really depicts, you know, life in its truest form, in my opinion. And these three films I, I discovered during the quarantine, like the first leg of the quarantine. Um, and the reason I picked this set is because these movies really got me through those first few months. Because these movies are ultimately about people who live in these really unforeseen circumstances. And how they cope and how they sort of rationalize their lives in sort of these more than unideal circumstances of living in poverty oftentimes um by the way the three films in here are called shadows of paradise ariel and the match factory girl all under 70 minutes long they're really short um but i think i think a very influential filmmaker not only in jim jarmusch but i've heard steve buscemi talk about him influencing his writing style and his acting style um and if you like that really minimalistic sort of dry comedic sensibility that Jim Jarmusch brings to you. This is the man who I think birthed that style. I think he really influenced a lot of contemporary American filmmakers. And this is like not his most well-renowned works right here. They are all fantastic, but uh, Brendan, if you want to chime in, I know you, the other side of hope is a fantastic movie. Uh, Le Harvey. Um, He's just such a, I think such a, like you were talking about really relaxing, um, but also really insightful filmmaker and makes really human stories. And yeah, I, again, this is an Eclipse series. I don't know how, if you guys could find this out in Barnes and Noble. I bought this on Amazon for like 30 bucks, but uh, I just love him to death and I love his filmmaking style. So, so yeah, Aki Karismaki for, and it's, it's kind of a mouthful. Um, so Aki Karismaki, nice. look him up after this, get into his movies. I just want to promote him. I think he's great. Yeah, I've never heard of him, so I think it's a good pick just on that front. <laughs> he's a very he's a very interesting director. He kind of fits in that Bergman, you know, Hong Sang Su yeah, yeah. kind of format where that static kind of dialogue where you kind of you kind of hear it's kind of like a, a little bit of like ASMR, right? You have the mm-hmm. background, um, very monotone, very quiet, and then yeah. you kind of have this these these nice dialogue sequences they might be about something intense or personal to someone but yeah they're very quiet they're not really high tension or mm-hmm. loud or in your face and you know i i i really love the tone of of aki kurismaki and yeah. um i i would re- i would recommend the other side of hope i think that's such a phenomenal phenomenal um movie about immigration and you know it, it says a lot about culture too but, he's still yeah, that's, making that's one he's of still making films to this day. That's why I I, I want to advocate for him so he can make more movies. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, like like you said, like he like the reason I compared him to Jarmouche is because he capture he takes really seemingly insignificant moments and kind of shines a spotlight on like really vulnerable human moments and um sort of the everyday human interactions that we don't usually consider as much as we should. And mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's always brilliant filmmaking when people can capture these moments and make you rethink this the sort of profoundness of them. So um, and that's what Kurosaki and Jarmusch and obviously, obviously other filmmakers come to mind. But um, he's just so underrated, man. And the movies he's making are still quality, still great. So so I hope all you guys look up Kurosaki after this. And, and I will maybe, for sure, man. Yeah, man. I could send you guys all Rex. It just just message me. Um, (laughs) I love him. Um, all right, guys. Yeah, that's, that's our top 12, uh, criterion Rex for, um, underappreciated sort of unsung heroes in the collection. There's a thousand plus movies in there guys now. So it's like, it's getting a bit crowded to, you know, and I think a lot of movies that were released, say like three or five years ago, sort of, uh, get lost in the shuffle, unfortunately. So the aim for this video was like to shine a little, spotlight on those so yeah and clearly these are our only movies that like i know about you know right, clearly right you know yeah. i'm pretty sure like once i see a, a lot more like this list would change like drastically obviously we'll say in two Definitely. two to two to three years we'll do an update video and we'll probably update just insanely more uh yeah. <laughs> unique films than this because you can go deep like we were picking up movies today as we were in Barnes and noble like I've never even heard of this or the filmmaker yeah. involved. And mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty great. So um, do you guys want to do the game now? Do you want to take a break beforehand? Or do you want to just dive head deep in my criterion game? I mean, I'm, I'm ready for the game. I'm Let's ready for the game. Let's do it. You got time, right, Carlos? This will probably take like 15. It'll be fast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Fast. Cool. All right, guys. So last week with me and my friend Cole Bradley, we did a horror game where basically I gave him uh, a few hints and he had to guess the film. And um, I'm just going to obviously reiterate the rules because these guys don't know. Um, But the, the aim of this game is to guess the movie. And these are all films in the Criterion Collection. So we got four hints total. The first hint we got the year, the genre, and the country of the film. The second hint is director-based. The third hint is actor hint. The fourth is a criterion-specific hint. So what we're going to do, right at the top, I will give you the first hint, which is year, genre, and country. And if you guys don't get it, I'll give you the second hint. If you don't get that, the third, fourth. Um, does that make sense? So like, yeah. each round, you'll, you'll, you'll guess the film. And if you don't get it, I'll just keep giving you hints. Um, so, it'll so during sense. during each round, like if we want to, how do we like like tap in, or do you want me to just like? I would say, say like, I got the answer, or I would say you both you both give an answer each round, okay? And whoever oh, okay, gets gotcha. it first, like I'll you know I'll, I'll read the hint, then I'll just ask you guys, um, and if one of you gets it, then it's over. Okay, gotcha. So you, you okay. guys each get you guys each get a shot for this, all right? All right, alrighty. So the first film we got was released in 1966. It is a drama, and it is from the country of Sweden. Persona. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> is that really it? That's the that's the movie. Fuck. <laughs> damn. <laughs> I, I, know, I know my Burke. Damn. He, he's my guy. Oh, fuck. 
Shit. Sorry, was I supposed to do that or was I supposed no, to No, no, like... you got it. No, you got oh, okay. it. Yeah. If you know okay, the answer, okay. you get it. <laughs> Shit, man. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Honestly, that was the easiest one. I think these might be okay. a little tougher as we go. Let's see. All right. Um, so number two, the, this film was released in 2004. It is a comedy from the United States. <laughs> Also, if you don't have a guess, you can say pass because the if you get pass. more hints, it'll be easy for you. Pass. I'll say pass. All right. Uh, the director of this film has had a very consistent and illustrious career, and he was even named the next Martin Scorsese by Scorsese himself. Oh, what? That is a director hint. <laughs> a comedy. 2000, 2004 An comedy. comedy. Scorsese loves this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Running any shot? I think I'll pass the gun, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, they get harder, man. Uh, yeah. This is actor hint here. The lead actor of this film has worked with dire- this director, this specific director of this film, many times. But he's also worked with directors like Jim Jarmusch, Harold Ramis, and Ruben Fleischer. <laughs> <laughs> The lead actor, he's worked with this director many times, but also those directors. Uh, okay, That's... I guess I'll take a guess. Yeah. I don't even know if this is a comedy, but is it election? <laughs> no. Good guess, though. Um, Is it? Is it broken... Flowers uh, by Jim Jarmusch. Oh, man. You're on the right track. Shit. You're okay. right. You're really close. Okay, last hint. Um, criterion hint. The spy number 300, and the criterion comes with an audio commentary by the filmmaker and co-writer Noah Baumbach. Oh, I got oh. it. The squid and the whale? Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh. So close, dude. You got it? Is it? Is it kicking and scraping? No, co-writer. He's not the director. It's the oh, co-writer. I don't know then. <laughs> right? Did you know? Oh, um, you got okay. I'll tell you. You got the lead actor right. It is a Bill Murray movie. Huh. Two thousand four comedy. Co-writer Noah Baumbach starring Bill Murray. I'll give a bonus hint, Carlos. I know okay, you love give this a bonus. Give you a love bonus. this movie. I know you. I love, love that. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, Life Aquatic. Yep. Oh, yes. <laughs> Life Aquatic. Oh, that's a good. Wow, wow. Damn. Maybe my hints were just bad, but <laughs> no, no, it was, no. Kind of it was good. For some reason, I didn't think Wes Anderson when it comes to comedy. Yeah, I, I thought, I don't know. The yeah, genre, the, the genre thing's tough because I don't want to say like drama, comedy, adventure. Yeah, I'm trying to be broad with it. So yeah, because oh, like good. that that movie makes me cry. So I didn't think like comedy. <laughs> No, it's it's way more than that. Yeah. All right. Um, Damn, right I'm embarrassed. No, you got tied that up. one, though. You, you guys are tied up. <laughs> All right. Okay, so first into the next movie. So this is 2003. This is a drama thriller from South Korea. <laughs> um, Is it Memories of Murder? Yep. I was yes. thinking that one too, yeah. <laughs> God, dude, every Good. other one is so obvious. 
Oh man. Two to one. Two to one. All right. Next movie. This is a 1997 drama from Iran. From what? Iran. Iran. Sorry. Taste, is it Taste of Cherry? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Fuck, I want to get to my other hits. I, I, I knew it was Kiarostami, <laughs> but I was like trying to piece together which films came out when. And I was like, Fuck. Uh, all righty. Okay. Next movie. This might be a little tougher. Uh, 1986 drama from the U- United States. 1986. Broadcast news? No, sir. Um, I'm looking at my Criterion shelf right now. <laughs> <laughs> drama from the United States. Don't focus on the genre. Honestly, that's bullshit. Okay. <laughs> Just think 1986 movie from the United okay. States. Um, uh, I'll pass. All right, all right. All right, so our first director hint here. The director of this film has very long gaps between his films, mostly because of his arduous process to prep, but also his unique surreal style. Oh. (laughs) Is it it... David Lynch? What's the movie? Oh, uh, Blue Velvet? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did that for you. I did that for you. (laughs) Thank you. So it's three to two now? Yeah, three to two. All right, boys, we got to speed around here. This is basically guess the tagline. These are all Criterion films. I'm going to read the tagline. Um, this might be a little tougher because I feel like a lot of movies can come to mind. But yeah, um, if you need hints, if this takes a while, I'll give you a hint pretty rapidly. But <laughs> so guess the movie based on the basically like on Letterboxd. If you know, there's like the tagline above the description. That's where I got these from. So okay. already. So first film we got here, the tagline is the final vision of a controversial filmmaker. The final vision of a controversial filmmaker. Oh, wait, the final vision in what regard? Um, like his last movie? His yeah, final know. movie. It's the fi- final vision of a controversial filmmaker. His final movie. Night of the Hunter? <laughs> I don't know. His only movie. <laughs> I know, his only movie. I thought maybe. Not, uh, not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Um, huh. I'm trying to think I'll, of a hit. I can I give was you th- guys. I was thinking Lars von Trier, but... He's You're on the right track. Movie. You're on the right track. Okay, this is a 70s movie from Italy. Controversy. Oh, Salo. Yeah. Salo. Oh, yeah. yeah Salo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had oh, to throw that in there. Yeah. Um... All right, we saw that like in the theater. We saw that on the big screen. <laughs> what? They yeah. played that near y'all in, in LA. Yeah, <laughs> only in LA, only in LA, yeah. dude. It's <laughs> crazy. It was a great time though. We we loved it. Um, Wild. Next movie. I feel like you guys are gonna get this one right away. So fight for the answer. Uh, <laughs> okay. Beautiful women were the victims of his fiendish facials. Eyes without a face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Was, shout out! Shout out! It was George Franju. It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew you guys were both going to get that one quick. All right, third one for taglines. Um, wow. Okay. This this one is it's four a.m. Do you know where your car is? Used cars. 
That's not a criteria. Bro. I don't think it's a criteria. <laughs> Dude, where's my car? <laughs> I can't Re- believe this. Repo man. Yep, yep. It's Repo man. Oh, yeah, shit. Repo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final two. I haven't been keeping score, by the way. It's so. tied up. It's tied, it's tied up. up. Okay, we're final two questions here. Uh, number four. What happens when make believe believes it's real? To say it again, what happens when make believe believes it's real? Do you know? Here's <laughs> <laughs> <just> looking. <laughs> Is this Princess Princess Bride? No, but you're kind of on the right track. Oh, Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, sir. Oh, oh shit. My oh, no. It all comes down to this. I might have to pull a tiebreaker out. Shit. Let's see. All right, all right. This is for all the marbles, guys. Probably. <laughs> okay, final tagline. A place for dreams. A place for heartbreak. A place to pick up the pieces. place for dreams, a place for heartbreak, a place to pick up the pieces. You got it. Nicole Kidman in the AMC intro. (laughs) (laughs) Criterion release when? Uh, Um, No. (laughs) Another hint, maybe? I don't don't think I... Another hint? Um, Shit, man. It's too vague. Uh, shit. I Maybe mean, a year, a year date. Uh, uh, one second here. So this was released. Nineteen eighty four. This was released. Um, I the hint is really hinting at it's a location based movie. The title of the film is very location based. It's location based. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to give hints to this one. It's so obvious. Huh. Think mm. of a location-based Criterion film. What, Paris, Texas? Yes, sir. Oh, really? <laughs> wow, wow. That's it. That's it. So Carlos wins that. Yeah, Carlos hey. wins. Six, six oh, to shit. four. Close Damn. one. Good that game. was tight. Hey, good I'm, game. Yeah. I'm just yeah, glad man, you man. guys got the <laughs> I'm glad you got the blue velvet one. That's I know. <laughs> That was designed. as soon as you said like the hit where you said okay gaps surrealist filmmaker I was meaning like yeah. okay David Lynch, <laughs> but then I didn't th- I didn't even think of the movie like what movie I was like okay I think Blue Velvet's eighty so Blue Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys would confuse that with Terrence Malick. That's what I was. Uh, mm. I was trying to confuse the directors oh. there. Um, all right, guys, that's our episode, man. I hope I hope you guys oh. enjoyed our recommendations. That was so much fun. Yeah, fun. I'm glad you guys liked the I had games. A blast. I'm glad you guys like the games and all that. I, I think we'll continue that. But uh Carlos, do you want to plug anything? I know you guys you got some stuff cooking on your channel, the Criterion Halls and whatnot. I mean, I mean, throughout the month we'll do I mean, I'm gonna be doing like at least two or three more halls. Um I still got the horror film festival up and it's only gonna be up for one more day until I take it down because I want to give some of the filmmakers a shot to get into certain film festivals. Uh check out my short film Solita when you can. That's also only going to be up for maybe another two weeks or so. Um, I got a review for Banshees of Inishirin coming up hopefully tomorrow. And 
I mean, honestly, I think that's that's really about it, really. I think so. Cool, man. Thank yeah. you. Thank you again for coming on. I always appreciate it. Uh, Brendan, um, do you what do you want to plug, man? You want to plug uh, Preston Surges, any directors you love? <laughs> I know you're not on YouTube, but <laughs> not on YouTube, but I hope to be on uh, more of these podcasts. And, oh, yeah, uh, of course, of course. I guess yeah, I'll plug yeah. in my uh, I'll plug in my uh, Discord. Uh, yeah, 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 $5 yeah. a month through Patreon and you'll get access to the Discord and it is a blast. I'm actually going to hop on Discord right now. We're going to discuss uh, the film Bug and the film Afterlife. So nice. um, Ooh, that's going to be good. fun. We do, yeah, we do them every Saturday nights, every Friday night. We also have a movie night and sometimes throughout the week, depending just how uh, how uh, the uh, members feel, we'll just have like a random like movie night based on what gets voted for the most. So it's a real fun time. I mean, it's pretty edgy Discord, but it's all in good fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, guys, definitely, definitely subscribe to the Discord and sign up. I, I've been a, I, I was a member in the past. I had a good time. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening again. I really appreciate the positive feedback. Obviously, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. We're really trying to grow our YouTube channel since we're new on here. We've been on Apple Podcasts for years, but thank you for Carlos for that boost. Um, oh yeah, man. <laughs> Always appreciate that. that. And yeah, guys, if you have and also if you have any criterion recommendations, I'll always appreciate those. And um any blind buys that you want to throw our way, we'd appreciate it. And hope you have a great holiday, guys. Uh take care. Peace.